You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. He searches, honestly, daily for ways to improve himself and improve himself in all the areas that he's working on. Snap, back to pass, pressure again off the edge, and he's set for the safety! Crosby and Nichols, they met in the end zone, they squished him to the turf, and the Raiders defense has that safety! This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Coming on back, kicking off hour number three of the show. Little P. Diddy and the fam. I see what you're doing there, Ari. You're not mad at that at all. Jason Horowitz on the call. The Max Crosby and Bilal Nichols safety to seal the deal in the game for the Raiders over the Patriots. 21-17 and improving the Raiders' overall record to 3-3 and as they prepare for this week's game against the Chicago Bears in Chi-Town, in the Chi. Many thanks to Courtney Cronin, who joined us earlier this, um, the, in the, well, actually, to start the 3 o'clock hour uh, to talk all things Chicago Bears. We definitely appreciate her. Of course, we heard from uh, Krista Blunk as well, talking all things Aces. But we want to hear from you at 702-365-9200 in the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. What would you consider a successful season? What is it you want to see this team accomplish the rest of the way? I got plenty of feedback to get to, but let's go out to the phone lines real quick and hear from our guy, Raider Mac. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Mac? What up, Q? What up, Q? Hey, uh, Q, you know what? I can't believe people complaining about wins, man. I mean, I don't care if we win by one or 31. I'd rather win than lose. People complain. When we lose, they complaining more. So I don't understand. I don't understand it. Look, everybody offense is struggling in NFL. Look at Kansas City. They just barely beat. Uh, um, they barely scored any points or beat uh, um, Denver Broncos last Thursday. Teams are not scoring a bunch of points in, uh, in the last couple of weeks. So only team that's doing any scoring is, is the Dolphins. I'm gonna take a win. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I agree. Take a win, man. But Q, the the the, the season it, it's gonna come down to to the uh, what I think is is a successful season is you make the playoffs. You got to make the playoffs. With, I, I'm not saying it's the greatest roster, but the league. Go look at the league. It's 2016 tied with three and I mean, oh yeah, it's about 2016 tied three and three. Man, it, this, this league is nobody risen above anybody right now. So this is our chance to take it. So my thing is make it to the playoffs. But Q. And and I gotta give I gotta give props to um I've been killing um Trayvon Merritt and you know all last year I told you I, I don't I, I don't I think the guy he could play better but I gotta give him he, he making interception you know what he's played better with one hand than he has with two <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I'm true. just being real I mean you're I mean, real he yeah had. yeah he, he had but you you gotta leave, you cannot Bennett why why the other kid not playing why is Bennett at that corner, he's a he's a liability. We gotta he cannot. You gotta put him in in situations. I blame the D coordinator uh, on that because you can't put him one on one. Just like in that Charger game, you put him one on one with 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 a minute left or whatever, and he gets burnt in the last few. That's not. I mean, he got a man up, but you can't put him in that kind of situation. You and my biggest thing is, you know, for this week against the Bears. Is control the D the D and O line got to control their O and D line. I'm not worried about that quarterback. I watched him. He 
he's good, but he's not he's not nowhere close to Aiden. And I want I'm with you. I heard you last night with um with um what's his name? You guys were talking on that podcast and I'm definitely going Hoyer. Do not start Aiden. I'm sorry, but we need to win this game. This is this is the key to our season right here. These are the games we usually lose. You know how if we we favored and we 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 supposed to win and we end up going and, and, and choking. So I'm I'm with you. Start Hoyer and let's go. Q. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Hey, good stuff. Good stuff, Raider Matt. Appreciate the call. Uh, I'll talk about Jacorian Bennett real quick. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, the thing about him, you know how he's going to get better is being on the field. I mean, I know that nobody wants to hear that and, you know, want to throw a guy out there that is going to be able to, you know, fill that void and be that dude immediately. But the only way he's going to get better is getting time on task, getting time on the grass. And he's going to make mistakes. And there's times he struggles, right? Uh, my man P.E. in North Carolina pointed it out on Sunday to me that, uh, you know, he was playing so far off that the Patriots were going to continue to try to pick on him and just throw it to him because, well, he's given up such a big cushion. And, and he was, right? And that was obvious. And, and just like you mentioned, uh, the the Chargers game. Uh, now that was the obvious push off, offensive uh, push off, but they're not going to call that, or they didn't call that, and that's fine. I mean, it happens, so so be it. You live with it. But yeah, he's gonna he's gonna take his lumps, man. He is. He's got speed. He's got the he's got the skills to get it done. He's just got to figure it out, and it's got to slow down for him, uh, and it hasn't yet. And so I don't know who you put out there consistently. You know, besides him. I know you have a Meek Robertson. He, I think he's earned his, his time. I'll tell you right now, I don't think Marcus Peters has done anything to be excited about. He had one pass breakup that, that helped Spillane get that interception. right? He had the horse collar tackle that stopped from a, a, a touchdown. But, I mean, he's put multiple interceptions on the ground. He, he hasn't really lived up to it. And, and his tackling is Olay. It's not, it's not like he's going in there and mixing it up and just trying to you know, thump guys and get them to the ground, that physicality to get them to the ground. I mean, he's, he's you know, somewhat trying to tackle. So, I mean, you know, you look at, at at the different guys out there. Tyler Hall, I think he's done a good job filling in for Nate Hobbs. And Nate looks like he's probably going to be out again, which is unfortunate. And, and really the last now two seasons, it seems like Nate's missed more time than he hasn't. He's a guy that I had a lot of high hopes for especially because he's a physical dude. That physicality that he brings to the table is big, and that's what I think about Ja'Korian Bennett. He brings the physicality to the table. He doesn't mind mixing it up and going in there and tackling, but he's got to get sound in his technique. That is still on the struggle bus, so he's got he's to figure that out. Uh, I'm with you on, with Hoyer. I just think that that makes more sense. They, they've got to go in there, and they can't, they can't mess around and, and try to get this W. They have to go and get this W. They really do, so uh, we'll see. We'll see, um, you know, what happens. We'll see what the roster looks like. But I think as far as the defensive coordinator, I think Patrick Graham has done a good job this season, right? He made the move to go to the booth as opposed to being on the sideline. And it looks like it's starting to pay off for this team. Now they just got to keep it going. This week will be so-so against the Bears. And then they'll have a huge test coming up Monday Night Football against the Detroit Lions. So with all that being said, I do want to go back to the Raiders locker room real quick uh, just because Vinny sent us over a lot of different sounds, so I want to make sure that we're able to get to it all, and we will. Matter of fact, Max Crosby, uh, this is one of those that Vinny sent over. Let's go ahead and hear what Max had to say in the Raiders locker room just a little while ago. Max, you got a couple of uh, OG-type guys and John Jenkins and players like that. What is John Uh He's been great uh, ever since he got here. Uh, he's, you know, his first day in the building. Um, we got to meet, meet him and Robbie and uh, – you know, it's been great, our relationship ever since. So, yeah, having a guy like that who's 
played a lot of football, been around a lot of football. Um, he's great for the younger guys and um, great for me as well. So, yeah, I think he's just a, been an awesome addition. And, you know, on top of it, he's playing great football. So, yeah, and that group you know, in, in general seems to be really taking big steps forward. How much does that help just the entire defensive line? Yeah, you know, I feel like, you know, for us, that's what we talk about all the time. You know, it's not just... You know, about me or just about, you know, anybody else individually. It's about the group. And we want, you know, for us to have, you know, consistent success, we all got to be on point. So, yeah, I think those guys are getting better and better. How important is it for the defense that past two games you guys have made plays in when you really had to make them? What's your question? How important is that for you guys to make this plays, like the pick against Green Bay and the sack in the last game? Yeah, you know, we, we talk about, you know, being the reason, you know, we win. And that's our goal as a defense. You know, the offense is getting better and better. And the defense is, you know, it's the same way. We're playing better complementary football. And that's why, you know, we won these last, you know, two weeks. So we got to keep that uh, momentum going. Max, you, it's tangible. The guys are in the locker room having fun. I mean, winning does that, does it? It just changes mindsets. Definitely. You know, it's, it's a part of it. You do this, you work all year round to go out there and win you know every time <laughs> you could have individual success but if you're not winning it's you know it's not nearly as fun and enjoyable you know so yeah you know we want to continue winning you know it's a one day at a time one percent process so we just got to keep improving every day max Crosby in the raiders locker room right there many thanks to Vinny bonsignor who sent that over it's awesome to have a teammate like that that uh helps 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 us out when we're not able to be there uh since we're on the radio here from 2 to 5 p.m but uh yeah the the locker room action we'll get some more probably tomorrow and then uh try to close things out at the end of the week on friday as well so uh, many thanks to Vinny for sending over not only adam butler not only max crosby but Bilal nichols who we heard from a little while ago now i was at the intermountain health performance center earlier today when head coach josh mcdaniels when he met with us and uh had obviously a lot of stuff to say about uh, the state of the team but also the state of the team that they're about to play which is the Chicago Bears. So he opened up the whole press conference, just kind of let it be known that they're turning the page from the Patriots' victory to the upcoming team, the new, the next opponent, which is the Chicago Bears. All right, so we're knee-deep into the Bears. Um, this is, you know, obviously a team that we don't know very well, haven't played them uh, a whole lot, um, and really, uh, I'd say a totally different style of football than what we, what we played the last, I mean, last few weeks for sure. Um, you know, just in terms of schematically, the way they deal with it, um, their personnel, I'd say the challenges that they present in all three phases are different. Um, it's a team that's, you know, um, this is an explosive team um, starting at a kicking game. I mean, the returner um, that they, you know, basically in a top 10, top five in every category last year, created turnovers. Kickoff returner is really good, big, strong, fast. Um, same thing at the punt returner. The kicker is obviously exceptional. Um, you know, they've only team in the league to block two field goals this year. So, uh, they, you know, they present a lot of challenges in that regard. They're very well coached and they're physical, um, which stands out in every unit. Uh, defensively, you know, lead the league in negative runs. Um, have always, Coach Eberflus has always done a great job of um, going after the football, trying to create takeaways and turnovers. And when they've done that, obviously that's been um, – you know, a big precursor for victories for them uh, throughout his coaching career. Um, but you can see the effort and the attempts at the ball, um, the way they play uh, kind of lends itself to um, creating turnovers if you're not careful with the football or you don't take good care of it if you have it. So um, defensive fronts very disruptive, play a lot of players, um, some of which we're familiar with that were here before, Andrew, Yannick. I mean, they have some guys that are, 
Uh, Jones is, I'd say, one of the best you know, defensive linemen that we're going to see uh, the entire year. Um, you know, linebackers, uh, rangy, big, good blitzers. Um, Jackson obviously is, you know, he's found the end zone on defense more than any player since he's been in the league. So, very opportunistic, create a lot of long yarded situations. Um, I think Matt's as good a defensive coach. Um, he's right up there with all the rest of them uh, that are that good. I mean, he challenges you a number of different ways. And then offensively, I mean, you know, led the league in rushing last year. Um, really, same picking up where they left off in that regard. Um, running backs are all big, all hard to tackle, make a ton of yards after contact. So tackling will be important this week. Um, more, uh, you know, is top of every category, basically in the league, yards per catch, contested catches. Um, you know, he's hard to tackle when he has the ball in his hand. So uh, they get the tight ends involved. They got, you know, other skilled players that they throw it to. And uh, obviously fields, um, you know, and understand the report, you know, may or may not go. But, you know, obviously a versatile guy can hurt you with his arm, can hurt you with his legs. Um, and then the young kid, when he came in last week, you know, very much the same thing. Like he understands the game plan. He can do things with his legs as well, too. So we've seen a lot of film on him. So, um, you know, explosive team in all three areas, you know, all three phases. We've got to do a good job of understanding who we're playing against and uh, where they're at and, you know, how they win, you know, and how they make big plays because that's obviously going to be a big factor um, on Sunday. <clears throat> Coach McDaniels right there gave you the whole everything. <laughs> gave you the whole shebang when it came to the Chicago Bears. Rolled out the, you know, kind of the scouting report on the team from, you know, the offense, defense, special teams, everything that they got going on there. But obviously the big storyline when it comes to the Chicago Bears is what quarterback's going to play. We talked to Courtney Cronin earlier today from ESPN. And like she said, most likely Justin Fields will not be the guy and probably won't be the guy for a few weeks. So, you know, Tyson Bagent will be the guy. But here's Coach B. Daniels talking about preparing for a backup, not knowing who it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, look, there's film on everybody if you, if you look hard enough to find it, you know what I mean? So he's he played in the preseason a bunch, played last week, obviously, um, you know, and, and so there's college tape as well. So uh, I think most importantly is to understand the skill set of the player you're talking about, you know, and in this case it's multiple players, um, you know, and just, you know, we have to be able to defend whoever's out there. So, um, you know, we always talk about the backup quarterback anyway. Um, last week was no different. You know what I mean? We, we, you know, had, had some tape on Cunningham and knew that there might be something where he could potentially, uh, be a factor. And so, you know, you have to prepare and do your due diligence. So, um, like I said, we've, we've got all the tape on him. Uh, we'll watch it all. He's played in their system and their offense. He did some good things in the preseason. Certainly, um, you know, he can do some things with his legs. You know, he finds the right people in the passing game. He's accurate. Got a good arm, so I mean, there's you know, there's enough to go off of for sure. So there you go. Uh, there's Coach B. Daniels right there talking about Tyson Bajant. He's the guy who's most likely going to get the start for the Chicago Bears, and you know, he, there's not a whole lot on him, but like he said, it, there's enough out there on him if you uh, if you look hard enough, and they'll find it. And that's what the scouting department's for. That's what the other coaches are for. The assistants they go out there, they find the film, they bring it back, they break it down, and they find out everything the good and the bad about you. But I'll say this, uh, Courtney Cronin, when she joined the show and she was talking about Bajan and what he was saying, the confidence that he had, I was actually pretty impressed. You know, I mean, let's, let's call it what it is. I was pretty impressed by the fact that a rookie, a guy that, you know, took the, the longest route possible to get to the NFL, told the coaches in a pinch when they had to go to him because Justin Fields went down, don't, don't you know, handcuff your playbook. It's wide open. I, I know it all. So basically, 
He's been in that book. He has the confidence to know that I studied my backside off. I studied my tail off to the point where I know what play you're calling. You don't have to limit yourself. You don't have to make it vanilla. I'm pretty impressed by that. And as Courtney said, who, who knows? Maybe it's lip service. Maybe he's just trying to talk the talk and maybe even give himself a little bit of extra confidence. But I would be, I would be hard-pressed to find a guy that is that confident to tell the coaches that I got whatever play you can call. I, I know it. You know, feel free to, to open it up the playbook that didn't know it. I would find that hard to believe. So uh, I'm pretty impressed by that. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to go out there and execute it at the high level. There's a lot of things that I know that I can't execute worth a damn. <laughs> right? I'll tell you that right now. I know a lot of stuff. <laughs> I just don't know how to do everything, but I know it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Ask the wife. She'll tell you I don't know how to do anything. <laughs> she, she's like, yeah, you know about it, but you sure don't know how to do it. And I'm okay with that. I'm comfortable with my own skin. Man, I know exactly who I am. And I know who I ain't, so there's that, right? But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like, just to know, just to know that uh, he feels confident in the playbook, that's got to be a plus for the Bears, who most likely are going to be trotting him out on Sunday versus the Raiders. Now, uh, we had Raider Matt call in earlier, and he's the guy that's been really tough on Trayvon Merrick. And I was really high on Trayvon Merrick coming out of school at TCU. But, you know, let's call spade a spade. He's struggled. Right, especially last year, he struggled in a major way. He'll tell you he struggled in a major way. And even to start this season, it was kind of like, eh, I don't know. Is he picking it up? Then all of a sudden, boom, something clicked. And now he's got a couple interceptions. But more importantly than that, he's, he, you see him making plays around the ball. Seems like he's always flying around the field. And, oh, by the way, he's got a club on his hand. He's out there playing with the, you know, a broken thumb, and he's protecting it with the big club. But he's still finding ways to make plays. I thought for sure when I saw him pick that ball off against the Patriots on Sunday, he was making a house call. <laughs> I thought for sure he was making a house call. I asked him about it. Matter of fact, in the locker room following uh, the game, you'll hear that a little bit later on the show before we get wrapped up here. But it looked like once he got past Mac Jones, he was to the house, but then he got caught from behind. Uh, but that would have been awesome for him. I would have been so happy for that dude uh, to finally come up with that big-time play and uh, take it to the house and get, you know, get what he should have got his rookie year. Right? You can go all the way back to, to Washington, that commander's game his rookie year. Ball was right there in his hands. He could have sealed the deal on the victory. It would have been a pick six. He put it on the ground. The Raiders lose that game. So I would have loved to see him be able to pick that one and take that one all the way to the house. He wasn't able to do that. But you can see that he's clearly getting a lot better and he's improving and getting more comfortable in that safety role. So here's Coach McDaniels talking about Trayvon Merrick and his improvement. This is, you know, Trey's third year. He's played a ton of football, obviously, um, you know, and, He's had an opportunity to be um, to really try to take the I think the best of the guys that he's been around. You know, um, he was around John and John Abrams, physical you know physical type of style player. Um, he got to you know be around Duran last year a little bit, who had been in the league for a long time. Kind of I think Trey tried to you know gain and um, take as much from him as he could. Um, and now you know Marcus comes in this year, a different player. Uh, different experiences. Marcus has had a lot of success in his career on some really good teams. And um, I think Trey's just done a good job of trying to learn from all those players that he's playing with or beside. Um, you know, he works hard at it. Uh, I know he studies hard at, uh, you know, at his position, the opponent. Um, I think he really, you know, he's trying to be good in every area of that position, you know, and we ask a lot of that position, you know, uh, sometimes they're down the box, sometimes they're in a deep part of the field, sometimes they're covering, sometimes they're blitzing, um, you know, I think Trey's improved as a tackler, um, you know, and he certainly had to deal with his fair share of adversities too, you know, he's got the cast on, you know, the thumb, so um, I just think he's a tough-minded kid who's really focused on trying to be the best version of himself. 
Um, and he's really, I think he's really taken something from all of the guys that he's had an opportunity to play with, which I think is great for every young player to do. Um, because obviously you don't know everything, you know, when you're young. So, um, just feel like he's continuing to get better and better. You know, I really like Trey's, you know, path here. There you go. There's uh head coach, Josh McDaniels talking about Trayvon Merrick and his improvement and his direction and where he's going, his trajectory. And, uh, it's big time. It is big time for uh, for Trayvon. He needs to continue to grow. He needs to continue to get better and develop and, you know, continue to make those plays on the back end of that Patrick Graham-led defense, him and Marcus Epps. I think that they're doing some really good things back there. Marcus Epps has moments where he still needs to improve as well. But I, I do think that they are, they, they're a nice little one-two punch back there. And really, they're, they're, the success that they're having right now is the reason why a rookie like Chris Smith is not in more. Right? I mean, he's been active a few times, but you haven't really seen him get out there and get a whole lot of burn because – well, Marcus Epps and Trayvon Merrick have been doing their thing, and they know the system. They're comfortable in the system in the scheme as opposed to trying to get a rookie in there and try to figure it out on the fly. At some point, you know, we talked about what the Raiders need to get done and accomplish this season. Depending on how the season goes, you'd like to see some of these young guys really get acclimated and, and kind of figure out exactly who they are. But I wouldn't sacrifice. I'm like Raider Mac. He called earlier and said, uh, what's up with people not enjoying wins? I'm like Raider Mac, man. Hey, get it, do everything you can to win. Win the games, right? You can worry about rookie development later. Worry about winning games. That's what it should all be about. Everybody listening to this show, everybody listening to the JT, everyone listening to the morning tailgate, anyone listening to Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy or anyone else, uh, you know, upon further review or any of the shows that the Raiders put out, anything, any podcast, whatever the case may be, everyone repping the silver and black should all want wins. That should be the only thing that matters at the end of the day. Hell, it's a slogan. Just win, baby. It's not just develop the rookies, baby. It's not just, you know, figure out what you have in Aiden O'Connell, baby. It's not just, you know, uh, get a good draft pick, baby. It's not. It's not. It's, it's simple. It's just win, baby. It's just like Nike, right? I'm a big Nike guy. You know why? It's simple. Just do it. There's no, there's no gray area. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's no gray area. I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm not the highest grade of dispens uh, for a, a me you know medicinal in the dispensary. I'm not. I'm not that guy. I'm not a mathematician. Never claimed to be. Never stayed in a motel six. But I can figure that out. Just do it. It's simple. Just win, baby. It's simple. There should be one, one goal, and that's wins. That's what it should be. And I, I get it. There's always going to be other agendas, and there's going to be other things that have to be worked out. I get it. But there's a time and a place for that. And right now where you're sitting there at 3-3, three and three, I don't think a time and a place for all that other stuff is right now. So I mentioned earlier about Devontae Adams and what was going on with him and his frustrations and only getting a couple catches on the day on Sunday and, and leaving the locker room pretty, pretty quickly afterwards. And I know there was a couple of people out there that tried to take, you know, some of the words that I said and others said and, and, and try to run with it and switch things up. And that happens. That happens sometimes, right? I mean, when I went into the locker room, on Sunday following the game, following the Patriots game, I didn't see Devontae Adams at all, right? There was already a media member that was in the locker room before I got there that said he bounced. He was gone, you know, quick, fast, and hurry. He never does that. So, okay. So I talked about it, and I know that people ran with it. And that's okay. That's fine. That's, that's the chance that you take when you start talking about things. People are going to take it and twist your words up and, you know, try to make it sound like it's worse than it is. But clearly he was frustrated with the lack of production and la lack of targets that he got on Sunday uh, from either Jimmy G or uh, Brian Hoyer, who was in the game, as, again, he only came away with two targets on the day. 
Uh, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, good friend of the show, uh, he went into a little bit lengthier detail of what Devontae had to say today, and he starts off with, when you're a playmaker like me, mentally, my benchmark is not wins and losses, it's greatness. So when I go out there, I expect to be able to have the ability to put that on tape and have an influence on the game. Like I say every week, that's my purpose for being here. I'm not just here to hang out. I came here to win and to do it the right way. So if, you, if it don't look like it's supposed to look, then I'm going to be frustrated. If I'm not a part of that plan because I have the opportunity to go and change that and make it look like a much better picture out there. And if that doesn't happen, then I'm going to be frustrated. It's not about me, but I'm one of the bigger pieces as to why this offense is going to go. And if I'm not getting that, then it's obviously not going according to plan. So that's just a little bit lengthier detail of what uh, of what Devontae had to say when he was at the podium a little earlier today at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. Uh, and I like what Deshaun Reed had to say from The Athletic. He's a great friend of the show as well. He said, my takeaway from what Devontae's comments were, he values winning above all else, but knows that the Raiders can't win at the level he wants to without the offense being significantly better. For the offense to be that, he needs to get the ball more. It's fairly simple. And I could not agree 100% more, right? I mean, I couldn't. There's no more that I could co-sign on what Tashawn just had to say about the mindset of Devontae Adams, right? I mean, I know a lot of people out there are going to try to make it sound like, all right, he wants out. He doesn't want to be a Raider. He wants to go to Green Bay. He wants to go this, that, and the other. He wants anywhere but the Raiders. Somebody's going to say that. That storyline's going to pop up on Twitter, on wherever you, you know, get your information from. It's going to pop up. You're going to hear, you know, Colin Cowherd talking about it. You're going to hear other folks on SportsCenter. You're going to hear people calling me on ESPN. Q, is this what's going on? I mean, there's going to be that. It happens. You know, there's always a lot of misinterpretation. But I, I think exactly what, what uh, Tashawn Reed just said about what Devontae had to say. He values winning above anything else. But for the Raiders to offense to go, he's got to be a major part of the offense. And I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Nobody should disagree with that. The offense doesn't look worth a damn right now. It is the weak link of the team. And I would, man, if I bet you, I would have bet you $100 that that was not the case through six weeks at the beginning of the season. I'd be like, oh, yeah, this offense is going to be cooking with grease. It's going to be the defense that you're going to look at and wonder what the hell is going on. I would have been wrong, and I would have lost my money. Luckily, I didn't make that bet. But, uh, yeah, that's, that, for this offense to go, Devontae Adams has got to go. And what I mean by go is get the ball, get cooking, be a big-time player in this offense so head coach Josh McDaniels was asked earlier today at the Intermountain Health Performance Center when we had a chance to talk to him about you know the difference for guys that are superstars like Devontae Adams and you know asked about venting frustrations and what he thought about it I always have open communication with all those guys um, and honestly like you know great players wouldn't be great if they didn't want to try to help the team win in every way that they can, you know, and we have a, you know, we have a handful of guys that have earned that, you know, that opportunity, you know, and we're just talking about Max and talk about, you know, Devante and I've been around a handful of other ones um, where look, the game is different for them, you know, because they've, you know, achieved a certain, um, you know, uh, status and, and they want to contribute every single time that they're out there as much as they can. So um, that's part of them being them. You know, I would never tell them to squash that, you know. Um, he's been a great leader, a great influence. We know how this goes. Um, there's stretches and we've seen this already in the league, you know, I don't know a half a dozen or more times this year where, you know, a certain player doesn't necessarily get a certain number of targets one week or the other for a number of reasons. You know, there's the, the other team gets a little bit of a vote or something else happens that, that affects that. But 
Um, to me, you know, that approach, I wouldn't want him to change or any other player like that. I wouldn't want Max to change. You know, he's getting double teamed on every pass rush, you know. We try to move him to help him, you know, be more impactful, you know. So um, I've said that before. Like, our job is to, to make sure our best players have an opportunity to impact the game. Um, and, and they can only do what they can do, you know. So um, he's going to do everything he can to help us win. I know that for sure. He's got a great attitude and mindset. He's you know, as, as competitive as a guy as I've ever been around. Um, and he should want the ball, and he should want to contribute. Um, so, no, I I don't I don't try to tell them to not you know not feel a certain way, and and they should be you know they should want the ball. You know that's why they are who they are. You know so, um, no, he's 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 great. You know in in every way, and and this is no different. And it doesn't get too much realer than that. That is why he is great because he wants to be great. Everyone don't want that role. Some guys are comfortable being number two. Right, and everyone don't have the alpha dog mentality. Everyone don't have the alpha dog DNA. Everyone can't handle being an alpha dog, right? Some guys have to be the underdog. Where they're just kind of like they're just chilling, chilling in the in, in the background and doing what they do, and, and and no one really has any spotlight. Yeah, they contribute, but they're not that dude. They're not him. They're not the guy that everyone looks at. That's who Devontae is. And so for him to want the ball, want to contribute, want to be a big time factor, be that playmaker. That's exactly what you want. That's what the greats do, and, and, and Coach McDaniels has no problem with him being him. And, and, and when he can't be him, he's going to be frustrated, and that's okay. right? They're, we'd probably ask questions if he wasn't frustrated, if he was in the locker room following the game and everything was good and he was laughing and joking. And, you know, there's some guys that do that, right? You know what frustrates the hell out of me the most? And, I'm, look, i am never been in the league, never would, would be in the league. I'm not cut like that, right? I'm not built like that. And so I obviously don't know what they're, what they're, they're like, but, you know, you see a team, and I'm not even talking about just the Raiders. I'm talking about just anyone in general. You just see a team go out there and get waxed, and then right after they get waxed, they're, they're yucking it up with the team that just waxed them. You know, like, for instance, perfect example, Sunday Night Football when the Cowboys put a whoop, or the, the Niners put a whooping on the Cowboys. Immediately after the game, like, Micah Parsons and the other team, they're all having a good time. They're exchanging jerseys, high-fiving, and, you know, like, I'd be so pissed off that I don't want to talk to you. Like, you're my homeboy. I get it. We'll have to talk all Monday, man. I'm taking this one personal. You just waxed me on national TV. I want, I'm a little angry. I would like to see guys a little angry. I'd like to see that frustration. Frustration's okay. To me, that just shows that you care and that you're passionate about what you do and you want to be the best at what you do. So if Devontae gets frustrated, if Jacobs gets frustrated, if Max gets frustrated, any of the alphas get frustrated on the team, that's okay. That lets you know how much they care about what they're putting out there. So uh, there's some sound bites there from Coach McDaniels and what we, uh, we heard from him earlier today at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. 4.30 is the time. When we come back, we'll get your calls, we'll get your texts, and we'll get some more locker room sound. We've got Trayvon Merrick and Josh Jacobs on the way as well. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas-area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. LBBroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r A successful season means a winning record and a playoff berth. Anything else is a failure to me. That's Mark in Jersey. I can appreciate that. 
Mailman Raider, Q, six weeks in, which rookie do you think has made the biggest impact? Not really sure any have made a real impact. That's from Mailman Raider. Um, I would say Trey Tucker starting to show a little. Jacorian has been out there. He's he's had a lot of snaps. He hasn't made a, a big impact yet. Michael Mayer obviously is starting to come around the corner. Um man. That's a good question when it comes to the rookies. Who's shown the most or who's had the biggest impact? I would have to agree with you. I don't think that anyone's had a big impact just yet. I think Michael Mayer still has that opportunity to be that guy, though. I definitely believe that Michael Mayer has the opportunity to be that guy and will be that guy. And it's starting to come around. Five catches last week for 75 yards. Had a couple catches the, the week before. I think it's starting to, the, the, the light's starting to come on for him for sure. Uh, let's see. We got a text from Hardcore Raider. Hey, Q, got a quick question for you. Could you play a sound when you interview Tyree Wilson's head coach and when the head coach said Tyree wouldn't come off the field when they weren't going to go win the game and how Tyree Wilson made sure the other team didn't score a point? I'm pretty sure Wilson was hurt and still played. Also, when Tyree Wilson was holding the team accountable and would take players' name tags or helmet or something like that, I feel it's important because these are characteristics, key characteristics, that Tyree has huge integrity and he's going to get things turned up sooner rather than later. Thanks. That's from Hardcore Raider. And, yeah, uh, we had Joey McGuire, Tyree's uh, coach in college at Texas Tech, on the show, and he was talking about the fact that they were losing to TCU and they weren't going to win the game. And he had already been checked out of the game, subbed out, but TCU was about to score. They got down there by the goal line. And Tyree said, no, they're not going to score. So he, he checked all the defensive linemen back in and stopped them from scoring. They got the ball and went back down the other way, and they scored. So I'll, I'll find that for sure. I'll bring it to the table tomorrow on the show. And then also uh, taking the nameplates off the lockers. Like when, the, when, when you would come in the locker room and your nameplate was no longer on your locker, that means that Tyree came and took it away, and it was something that you did wrong. He was, that was the way he showed the accountability. Like he's going to show you that you have to be accountable for your actions. When you walked in and you saw that there was no name tag there, that's what happened. So I'll find those tonight, Hardcore. I got all those interviews, so I'll find it tonight, and I'll bring that sound to the table. I think that you're right. I think that would be a, a good sign of the characteristics of who Tyree Wilson is when he was back in college at Texas Tech. I uh, like that. We spent a lot of time talking about Devontae Adams and what he had to say at the Intermountain Health Performance Center earlier as he was at the podium, kind of um, you know, read what Paul Gutierrez had to say, uh, what Deshaun Reed had to say, what others had to say. Well, how about you hear it from the man himself? Here, thanks to my guy Jared, who's making things work in the uh, in, in the back-back studios, not the Finley Cadillac Performance Studios, but in the back-back studios, making everything go. Here is Devontae Adams talking about goals and expectations for himself. I mean, it's a work in progress. Obviously, we're going to continue to work through it. But, I mean, I'm a human being, and I have extremely high standards for myself and this offense. So, it's to me, it's not just about, you know, I'm sure people thinking, like, you know, well, they won the game, they won the Packers game. You know, why is there an issue? I mean, you see why it's an issue. You you know, y'all should know who I am, know what I'm about at this point. So, it's not about, you know, when, when, you're, when you're a player like me, mentally, it's – the, my benchmark is not wins and losses, it's greatness. So when I go out there, I expect to be able to have that ability to put that on tape and have the, uh, an influence on the game. And that's, like I say every week, that's the, my purpose for being here. I'm not here just to hang out and, you know, like I said, come here to hang out with Derek and all of that stuff from last year. Came here to win and to, to do it the right way. So if, I mean, if it don't look like it's supposed to look, then, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be frustrated if I'm not a part of that, that plan because, as you know, I have I have the opportunity to go and make to to change that and make it look like a much better pitcher out there, and 
if that doesn't happen, then I'm gonna be frustrated. You know, if if Jacoby goes out and have a a monster game, or if the offense is scoring every five plays, like the you know our first drive on the Bills, then it is what it is. I don't you know I don't, it's not about me, but you know I'm one of the bigger pieces, you know, as to why this offense is gonna go. And if I'm not getting it, then that's obviously not um, according to plan. So we wanna we wanna obviously keep working like we are to to get that that right. I love that. I love the fact that I was able to read the different sound bites. I was re- able to read the sound bite from multiple people and then actually hear the sound bite. And you can, you can hear how just reading it can get lost in translation, right? And then you hear them and you hear the pause and then you hear the go, the stop and go, right? I might stop on one word. He stops on another. Just by stopping on one word and, and picking up on another can change the whole narrative of the, that, that sentence, that's why it's always so dangerous when you're reading text messages and you're arguing with someone or something through text and you don't really know the context of how they're saying it. Because sometimes you could read something and it means totally something different than the same words that are being spoken and you actually hear it. Clearly, as Tashawn Reed pointed out, what he just said is that he is trying to make this offense go. And if it looks like a well-oiled machine and he's not getting a bunch of targets, cool, no problem. But if it looks like hell – and it's not capitalizing in the red zone like it didn't on Sunday, one for six in the red zone, and he's not getting targets, then there's a problem because he could change, his words, not mine, what it looks like out there. I think that that was huge, right? And, again, some missing words here and there changes what the the conversation looks like too. And so that's why it's always so dangerous to get caught up, and that's why social media stinks at times because sometimes you can see and read something on social media and it looks spicier than it really is. So right now, my phone's going off. Bleacher reports, Devontae Adams, extremely frustrated. ESPN, I've already got hit up by a couple people that want to do interviews. Hey, Q, is Devontae cool? Already, I'm not even off the air yet. Already got hit up. I said, everything's fine. Everything's fine. So I'm clearly going to be busy tonight. <laughs> right? Clearly going to be busy. Got multiple, multiple things I'll be doing. But it's just, it's just kind of what it is. So I'm glad that, and thank you, Jared, uh, like I said, in the back-back studios for uh, for making that go. Uh, that was really important to bring to the table. I had a couple more sound bites from Coach McDaniels that I wanted to get to before we uh, wrapped up with him and then hear from Trayvon Merrick also in the Raiders locker room. Like I said, man, you got to keep your head on a swivel with this show. You never know where we're going, what direction we're going. Uh, and we were talking about Tyree Wilson, right? Uh, we heard from Hardcore Raider on the text line. He texts about Tyree Wilson. Uh, I asked Coach McDaniels earlier today at the Intermountain Health Performance Center about Tyree Wilson and his progression, and, you know, that's the plan that they had. They, when they drafted him, they had a plan. They had a plan in place of when they were going to start practicing him, what they expected from him throughout the course of the season. So I asked, is the progression, is it on schedule with where it's supposed to be? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Tyree's playing more and more in terms of uh, doing the things we thought he could do. Um, you know, I know there's one number everybody, you know, is waiting for, so I, I, I understand that part of it. But um, I thought he was very impactful in the running game the other day. Uh, again, some of the things in the pass rush, you know, there's there's opportunities, and we're getting we're getting closer on some of those things too. So um, he's the thing he, he's doing is he's he's been out there every day. He's stringing weeks together. He's getting you know better in terms of understanding his role, the defense, what he's doing on every call. Um, the technique we're using, uh, getting off on the football, how to play different blockers. You know, that's a big thing for him, too, because, you know, the left tackle this week is not the same as the left tackle last week. And, you know, that'll continue through his entire career. So um, these guys, you know, there's a different level of preparation that goes into winning 
you know, rushes, winning run blocks, et cetera, against different people. So um, he's learning how to do all that, you know, and I love the fact that he's been durable and been able to stay out there on the practice field, which I think is where you're going to see the most improvement from him. There's Coach McDaniels right there talking about Tyree Wilson, talking about the progression, right, and, and if it's on schedule where it needs to be. And I thought something that was important with what he said was the fact that he was, one, impactful in the run game. That's going to be important this week against the Bears. They're going to try to run. They're going to try to run, and they're going to try to run some more. You know, so it's going to be important that they have that run discipline and they're able to slow down the run. That's going to go with Max. It's going to go with Tyree. It's going to go with Malcolm Coons. It's going to go with anyone who's on the edge. They're going to have to keep contained, right? That's something that the, the Raiders have struggled with at times is keeping containment. They're going to have to be able to do that. Uh, they're not going to – they can't allow these running backs to get to the outside. They don't have to worry about the quarterback as much as, you know, Justin Fields. Now, Bajan can still run. A little bit, right? He's not just a field. So there's not many that are. So they don't have to worry about that as much. But still, the running backs can definitely, they got some wiggle in them. So you're going to have to, uh, you know, pay attention to that. And the final sound bite uh, also has to do with Tyree Wilson. But it's really more about Max Crosby and other veterans helping, helping Tyree Wilson out and how important that really is. Yeah, I think all your leaders like that, you know, certainly you know that the young players respect those players. You know, um, one, because of the way they work, but two, because they've earned it based on their production. So um, to have guys like that in your organization, and we have a number of them, you know, Max, JJ, Devontae, Jimmy. I mean, there's a lot Epps, you know, there's a lot of guys, Marcus Peters. You know, there's a lot of guys that people can listen to, and, and they have a lot of experiences, a lot of successful experiences to rely on and, and help, you know, teach some of these young guys, you know, through their expo exposure. So. Um, I really, you know, when you see that, you know it's a good conversation. Um, and the most important thing is how it's received. And so you see a lot of our young players, whether it's Trey listening to Devante or, you know, Trayvon listening to Epps or, you know, Tyree listening to Mac. Those are all really productive conversations for an organization and a team to have. Coach McDaniels right there talking about the veterans, helping out guys like Tyree Wilson, helping out some of the rookies so they can have impacts uh, like we were talking about. Mailman Raider asked what, what you know, rookie has made an a impact so far for the team. Well, uh, they need to continue to grow. They need to continue to lean on their veterans that are in front of them, especially in their position groups, and learn the game, learn the game, and, oh, by the way, learn the game some more. Uh, real quick before we take a break and then come back and wrap up the show, I did want to get to Trayvon Merrick in the Raiders locker room. Uh, he had an interception on Sunday against the Patriots. I thought it was a big-time play, uh, you know, something that the Raiders needed in a major way. It was a bad throw by Mac Jones. It was a, I want to say, easy play, but there's no real easy play in the league. But it was a play that had to be made, and Trayvon Merrick had and made that play. Here he was in the Raiders locker room following the game. Could you walk us through uh, your, your interception there? Um, yeah, I mean, I was playing middle of the field. Uh, I was reading the quarterback, saw so over coming through the middle, and thankfully he overthrew it. I was right there to, to take it, so that's kind of how that went out. It kind of starts up front, though. They, they rush the passer and they put pressure on him. Are you guys thinking about those yeah. things? Yeah, yeah, you know, rushing coverage work together, so, you know, if they're doing their job up front, it makes our life easier, vice versa. So, um, you know, we preach that every week, and uh, we do a good job of that today. Do you feel like you almost had a house call there? Man, you know, every time. Like I, block away. Every time, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even see the guy coming. I mean, obviously, he came behind me, yeah. but after I uh, made Magnus, I thought it was 
you know, green field, yeah, yeah. But open field. So, yeah. Talk about the complimentary football on the team. How much is the guys up front kind of helping you guys in the in the backfield do what you do? Uh, just like I said, you know, rushing coverage works together. Um, so, you know, if they're, they're getting pressure up front, um, you know, making the quarterback move around, um, it makes our job easier on the coverage end. So. How good does it feel for the defense to close out another game, two, two games in a row now? It feels good. Um, you know, that's like I said before, that's what we preach. Um, so, you know, just to, to come from practice, working hard, just, um, you know, preaching turnovers, preaching negative plays, um, and then to have that happen, you know, in the game is just, you know, really exciting. You feel like you're getting close to where you guys need to be? Yeah, you know, we're still working. Um, you know, we, we had a good game today, but like I said, we're still working, coming to practice with the mindset of, you know, just improving every week. Is it, a, is it kind of a little bit of an exhale now that you guys are 3-3? Three and three? Nah, nah, I wouldn't say it's an exhale. You know, we still got to keep our foot in the gas um, because, you know, any game is you can win or lose. So we just got to keep going, man. On a personal standpoint, it seems like you're making a big play just about every game out there. You're three now. Is this the most comfortable you feel? Is this the most tangible? you feel a tangible difference on the field? Uh, I mean, I feel comfortable. I'll say that. You know, I, uh, I wouldn't say I got it all figured out. Still got a lot of room to improve. But um, I'm definitely feeling good back there. Um, and it comes from, you know, my coaches and then um, my teammates around me. So. And we talk about Max Crosby a lot. I mean, does anything he does ever surprise you guys now at this point? No, no, not at all. I mean, that dude's a beast. I mean, you see it every week. You can see how he practices, how he carries himself. So, um, no, it doesn't surprise me how he ended the game. So there you go. Trayvon Merrick in the Raiders locker room following the game on Sunday versus the Patriots. I just want to make sure I got that in. And shout out to my guy Raider Mac who called in and said, hey, I was hard on that young man, Trayvon Merrick, but he's been playing some really good ball so far in 2023. 4.48 is the time. We'll take our last break. We'll come back. We'll close out the show just like that. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Red Nation Radio, 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Less than 15 minutes away for tip-off. Aces and the Liberty. You can hear that Game 4 action on our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. T.C. Martin will be on the call. The starting five, Kelsey Plum, Alicia Clark, Asia Wilson, Jackie Young, and Kayla George. That is the starting five as Chelsea Gray and Kia Stokes will be out for this game. If they win this game, they they get the championship just like that. They're WNBA back-to-back champions. If they lose, there will be a game five played right here in Vegas at the Michelob Ultra Arena coming up on Friday. Also coming up in about an hour Right here on Raider Nation Radio 920, we'll have the the UNLV coaches show. Coach Barry Odom, he's at uh, he's he's going to be right here on this airwaves, so get you caught up on all things UNLV. So uh, yeah, that should be a really good one. We definitely uh, look forward to hearing from Coach Odom as he's got them cooking right now at five and one. Got a couple of texts that I want to get to before we close out the show. Six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. LJ said, "Q, I'm fully with you." Regarding starting Hoyer this weekend, my disagreement comes with what you just outlined. We may very well struggle to obtain six to seven wins. With that, let's give a deeper look at Aiden O'Connell. Maybe he's our Brock Purdy. We know Hoyer ain't it. Just the flip side. Appreciate all you do. That's from LJ. And Yeah, I totally understand that. I just think that this is the game that you've got to go and get, and you need to go out there and, and not try to come back from behind or maybe try to bail out the rookie if he's not playing well. You just need to go out there and, and start the game strong and finish the game strong. That's why I would go with. Uh, that's why I would go with uh, Brian Hoyer in this game. One more text. This was from Poncho. A successful season for me is more wins than last year. Even if they go seven and ten, as long as they look better as a unit and show signs of improvement, I'll be happy. Fix the red zone issues, and we're cooking with grease. Trending upwards is all we can ask for. That is from Poncho. So uh, that's going to do it. You hear the music. 
That's our swan song right there. That's telling us, all right, Q, it's time for you to get up, get up, and get up out of there. So uh, that's what we're going to do. Definitely appreciate all the feedback. We'll have Lincoln Kennedy on the show tomorrow. Uh, we'll have plenty of other good guests, and hopefully we're celebrating an Aces victory and another championship here in Vegas. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a great night. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.